A Dog's Life is brought to you by Earth Animal No Hide Wholesome Chews. Earth Animal No Hide Wholesome Chews are a healthy, heavenly, hand-rolled alternative to rawhide made from grass-fed beef, humanely raised chicken, and wild-caught Atlantic salmon. They're 100% free of chemicals, additives, bleach, and formaldehyde. It's the sustainable way to keep your dog healthy, happy, and filled with goodness and love. Mr. Binks and Prudence have never had a rawhide because in my book, they're not healthy. So imagine their excitement to enjoy a no-hide chew. Apart from helping to keep their teeth clean, chewing is an instinctual behavior that helps calm dogs by releasing happy hormones. Both Mr. Binks and Prudence relish the natural chewing experience from start to finish, and it gives me peace of mind that I'm giving them a treat that they were born to enjoy. In fact, no high chews are rated as excellent for digestibility, 80% compared to just 18% for rawhide. You can find Earth Animal No Hide Wholesome Chews at a pet shop near you or online at earthanimal.com forward slash UK. I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to Dog's Life. Me and Mr Binks, we're in my mini. He's got his seatbelt on and we're heading up to Hampstead to the uber dog-friendly pub called The Spaniards. I'm just going to put a track on. It's Walking on Sunshine by Katrina in the Waves. That's because we're going to be meeting up with Katrina to talk about poodles and her new album. Anna, yes. Thank you for joining us Thank on you for Dog's having Life. Me. Thank you. Here we are at the, the historic Spaniards Inn, which is a favorite place of both of ours, isn't it? Oh, well, it's a great dog-friendly location and so close to the heath. Yes. Do you remember when the little funny outbuilding over there was a dog wash? Why on earth would you get rid of such a novelty I thing? can't believe that isn't there anymore. Yeah. I it, mean, what a way to clean up with people coming off the heath with their muddy pooches. I know. It was always fun, and it kind of calmed the dogs down as well to have a nice little wash. I don't know if your listeners can hear, but there's the most lovely little gentle rain yes. just pitter-pattering on this little roof above us. We're sitting in the beer garden, and it is, it is still summer, and it's nice and balmy. It's a lot cooler, though, than last week. I mean, although I love the sun and I love hot temperatures, you know, it's not great for the dogs. No. I mean, are you a summer or a winter person, I'm Katrina? a summer person with air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that is my... Uh, the only thing about that heat. I live in a small apartment in uh, northwest London and it is uh, it was sweltering. I mean honestly we just sat there in our knickers and a t-shirt because you <laughs> couldn't really move or do anything. It was uh, it was very hot. Yeah. I had both Mr. Binks who's here with us the co-host of A Dog's Hello, Life Mr. Binks. and Prudence the successor to Molly my miniature bull terrier that yes. I think met a while yes, ago. Yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah, yes. 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 
and um, they were all wearing their they were wearing their cool t-shirts ah. little vests that you soak yes. and then they cool down yes and I quite fancied having one on myself we <laughs> have a very interesting mat which is called a um, a cool mat yeah and when it's made of gel and when Peggy lays down on it, it activates the, the gel, which has a cooling effect on the pad and the dog. So that was marvelous. She loved it. And at one point, we were all trying to pile onto this tiny little <laughs> one-foot square cool mat. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got to cool down. I mean, you know, yeah, dogs overheat important. so much, you know. But yes, now, obviously, it's the first time I've met little Peggy. Yes. Peggy the second. Yes. We call her little P. The first was, uh, my mother was always into poodles and had a lot of poodles and she said, uh, you should get a dog and you should um, get a poodle. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to get a dog. You know, my lifestyle, da, da, da. And she said, no, it'll make, all, it'll make a huge difference in your life. And it did because having that little dog really opened my heart because I had kind of lost contact with love and to have an animal, it's such a loving experience. Even when I resisted it to begin with and felt a little bit like, right, what do you need now? I suppose you need food. What, do you need to walk or what? What, do, what am I gonna do with you? Do I, do I have to give you a bath? And where are you gonna sleep? And what am I gonna, I mean, it was like having a child, but it was in at the deep end because I really didn't know how to have a dog. But then, you know, it just became a total love affair and I absolutely loved her. And the thing is, I'm kind of going to have to stop us talking about my old dog right now. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I just can't go there. I'm, I'm finished talking about my old, my little old dog. But she's in my heart, and I've got the fridge magnet with her little photo in it. So every time I'm cooking or reaching to the refrigerator for a beer, I'll look at her. That's so lovely. <laughs> no, I hear you. There's time. I'm the same with Molly, you know. Yeah. I think there comes a time where you do, you can't mm. ever totally move on. Mm. And I agree with you, they are totally in, in your heart. I mean, my dad used to say that the hair of the dog cure has got absolutely nothing to do with hangovers. But when our first family dog passed, uh, Tina, she was a Springer Spaniel, mm. um, we went straight up to the local rescue and we brought in this lovely golden cocker that became my dog when I was 16. I mean, I named oh, her Minnie. Wow. And it was an immediate turnaround, you know. But I, I don't know about you, but I found it very difficult uh, bringing in another miniature bull terrier, although everyone was pressuring me, mm -hmm. Katrina, mm -hmm. you know. And I thought, well, I'd had the best 13 years of my life with Molly. Mm. Sure, obviously, to get another miniature bull terrier. How did it work with you bringing in little a P? Practical, a practical, practically a clone was what our new, new dog was. We even kept the name, except we, we generally call this one P, P instead of Peggy, which was the, you know, my first poodle. And I didn't really want to get another one, but at this point, Anna, we had made the book Peggy Lee Loves London, and we were thinking, we want to make another one. We want to make a, a book about, you know, Peggy Lee Loves Cornwall, Peggy Lee Loves Ireland, Peggy Lee Loves Scotland, Peggy, Peggy Lee Loves Northern Ireland. Peggy Lee Loves America. We were going to do all 50 states. But I just was, I was still resistant to it. I might, because my heart had closed up again. And then Sherry, my partner, sneaked off and found another little dog who was just about, you know, the spitting image of Peggy and took me to see this dog. And I was like arms crossed in front of me, very resistant. But then, you know, it was just love at first lick.
Yeah. So, you know, we looked at this little tiny puppy and she just looked at us and it was like, it's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to, we're going to take you, we're going to have you. And it's also nice that Sherry and I, we can share pee, whereas Peggy Lee was my dog. Right. Yes. My dog. Sherry had her cat and I had my dog. And when those two went, we thought, all right, let's share the, let's share the love. <laughs> yeah. Although we're very competitive with the dog. Really? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, the one who is the kind of the present feeder is the one who's more popular and pee will come running to the one who's the feeder, the one who gives the snack. So, I mean, how similar is uh, Little Miss P? Utterly different. Yeah, Peggy Lee, my first dog, was melancholy, very laid back, very, very, very loyal, very just all about me. And this little dog, P, now, she's more uh, happy-go-lucky, flamboyant, <laughs> um, carefree, curious, naughty, almost opposites, but just so much fun. Isn't that lovely? So she's like this zest of life for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. She, re she really is. She's got a, a little spark. And it must be lovely taking her everywhere. You know how London's really become so much more dog friendly since about well, 2002. Hardly anywhere was. You'll remember that. Oh, I know. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And the Spaniards in where we are now was about the only place you could yes. go where they're really, really cool about dogs. Absolutely. But of course, being a poodle doesn't molt, right? Right. So that's so it's a constant battle. It's constantly going to the groomer. It's constantly <laughs> trimming and cutting a sure. dog. Sure. But I mean, when you you go to places at least you don't have to worry about leaving dog hair in the yes. cab dog hair on the restaurant chair or wherever so and that must be yeah. a bonus or and a selling point absolutely and and dog hair on the owner as well because I love to wear black clothes you know <laughs> because they're rock and roll and they're very slimming uh, but uh, you know if we, we had a normal dog we'd spend our whole life with the roller the roller you know trying to get the hair off no, it's obvious. So do you think she really is hypoallergenic? Because I'm fascinated with this um, boom in the doodles, okay. Katrina. You know, the cockapoos and the labradoodles. And do you want to say it or shall I say it? That it, when you get a mixture, you're not guaranteed to get a hypoallergenic. You're not guaranteed to get the dog that's not going to make you sneeze. And this is what people think. They think, I will get a, a cockadoodle or a multi-poo or whatever they're called, any yeah. concoction. Well, what could actually come out, or a labradoodle, what's, what actually could come out is the side of the Labrador that creates the, uh, perpetuates the allergy. Yes, and with the Labrador coat, you've got a really big molting coat with their big double yeah. coat and everything, oh, hair yeah. literally everywhere. Yes. yes, absolutely, you know, and I just think they're such a misnomer. And I, I feel it's a shame because you so rarely see a poodle now. Mm -hmm. So when I saw little Miss P, you know, yeah. she's a darling. She's a real um, poodle, a uh, real poodle. Mm. Yeah, for and, sure. And do you think people have got this image of poodles that they are, you know, a remnant from the 1950s um, film era were all the glamorous, wonderful actresses. They all had a little poodle in their open-top Chevrolets. And their crazy cuts. And sometimes <laughs> they did those crazy lamb ears. They would cut the ears way, way back, so they were nearly bald. So they oh, looked yeah. like a lamb or a, a sheep. I don't know what the cut is called. Yeah, the lamb cut. Well, I mean, that's what I totally loved about the poodle, was when I got one, then I started noticing them everywhere. Sophia Loren had one, Audrey Hepburn had one, Elizabeth Taylor had one. Um, Maria Callas had one, and that was kind of the fun of it. And then I started, 
only really like, like Chrissy Hines says, I only like uh, people who are fellow vegetarians. And I started finding myself, I, I'm really attracted to people who have poodles because I think, well, somewhere there we share something in common. Absolutely, absolutely. In Peggy Lee Loves London, this gorgeous book that I've brought along, so I, I love it so much and I've kept this in my dog library for all these years. Aww. There's that lovely picture of Peggy on a deck chair and the caption is, you don't have to be German to get deck chairs first, but I am a poodle hound. <laughs> and that's, I love that because of course, poodles aren't French. Yeah, and the way it's written is actually poodle hunt. Poodle hunt. German, yes, of course, we mustn't do the accent, it's not very nice, but uh, yes, it's true, Anna. Uh, the, the poodle is German. Yes. It's not French. No. But the French took to them because they were a society dog, and they were part of the cafe society, where you could bring your little dog, and it would sit on your lap, and not cause a huge amount of offense in any way, because they're very sociable, and they love cafes, and love to be out with people. Mm, they're very human dogs and love company yeah. with people. Yeah, and they're very, uh, they don't let you down. They don't really embarrass you in any way. You know, they're not kind of big farters. They're not really big kind of, uh, they don't slobber, they don't pant a whole lot. So they're fairly dignified and won't let the team down. And that's very important. Also, our little dog, we've always got runts, which uh, our, our breeder said, she's not a runt. She doesn't like us to call them runts, just the <laughs> small one or something. I don't know what the terminology is, but the littler they are, the easier they can go into a little bag. We take Pete to gigs, to the movies. I've taken her to the movies where she escaped from the bag and was running circles. Does your little dog do a crazy run? He you know, does. He they does. suddenly build up energy and yes. they do kind of a crazy yeah. run. Yeah. She was doing a crazy run in the cinema. Seems and I funny. was sitting there, you know, oblivious really engrossed in the movie and I heard people starting to go oh and I thought oh I know that sound and I looked down at the bag and the poodle had released herself and was running around the O2 cinema up there at Finchley Road not good but you see it'd be okay if that happened with her because she is hypoallergenic so yeah. anybody screaming I'm allergic to dogs I'm gonna have anaphylactic sh shock any minute yes. they won't yes, with, exactly. with a, a pure poodle yeah but um oh, we love going to the cinema Mr Binks and I you know because you know the picture house central at Piccadilly they have dog-friendly screenings now. you're kidding no it's the most inspired where is this again Piccadilly, you know the really? picture house? Yes, once a month, every Sunday. Oh, you must email yes. me and let me know. Oh, it's so this. much fun. And, oh, and the dogs go imagine. for free. The dogs get their own seat. And then there's doggy popcorn, there's doggy ice cream for sale. The whole Stop. experience is absolutely do the best. Do they have wine and beer for the adults? They do have wine Thank and beer God, for okay. grown-ups. Good, that'll work. And, um, it's it's so much fun and that i think you know london at the moment is is great because of its uh, embracing uh, dog friendliness you've got to let me know about that picture house definitely do they show doggy movies no they show normal grown-up movies because if they did a doggy movie wouldn't it be fun that would be fun the and barking? they have done that i mean do you know do you, have you seen the film the cartoon and it was all made in hackney yeah um, pets uh, pets too <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that day for the launch, um, all of the picture house cinemas across London were dog friendly. Oh. And um, yes, so me and Prudence went to that one. You do let me know when they're. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah. It's once a month. That's wonderful. So I'll keep in touch on that and we I can meet and go. I love going to the movies, you know, but I think if they found out I had a little dog in the bag, I think they'd 
probably just say, well, it's not allowed and kick, kick me out. Well, it's funny because when you know, I had Molly, I hardly went to the cinema because I yeah. thought, you know, I don't want to leave her at home just yeah, for me to go and see a film. You know, there's plenty on telly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I want to be together with my dog. Um, so if this dog-friendly cinema had existed then, it would have been perfect. I think it was 2017 they launched it. Um, yeah. And then... I was thinking of actually taking the idea to Odeon and saying, listen, let's compete yeah, and offer a yeah, better dog-friendly yeah. experience for that chain, you know. Yeah, because so, I don't think the O2 would do it. I think they're just too kind of corporate. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's amazing that the picture house is getting away with it. No complaints, you know, you get a blanket for your doggy yeah. to sit on, its own own seat. Yeah, but that's brilliant. I think that's part of the it's, British culture. Is exactly. That real, real dog lovers, you yes. know. And, that's what I really, I, I love about this country. I mean, I also love Cornwall for that because you wouldn't dream of going anywhere in Cornwall that's not dog friendly. You know, restaurants and everywhere. And if, if they're not sort of officially all dog friendly, they will definitely have a designated area and it's not going to be a scrappy area. Mm. Like there was in hotels, they always give you the bad room. They do. They do, dogs. the dog-friendly room. Yeah. I know. Cheers. You know, yeah. Thanks. So what about us? Yeah. Okay, so the dog's at home here because there's smells of wee and slobber everywhere. See, I just can't figure that out, you know. I mean, basic training has to happen when you have a dog yeah. and socializing them. And if you're going to be going away with your dog, then practice, you know, take yeah. them to hotels. These two actually know hotel et etiquette. See? You know, and but if you if you entrust human beings with the responsibility of looking after their dogs responsibly in a hotel, they will do it. People like to be given a, an amount of, of trust to do right. Yes. There's a beautiful hotel in Cornwall called the Headland Hotel, oh. and it's in Cornwall. And they're like, so, you know, I phone them up, do you have any dog-friendly rooms? They say, all of our rooms are dog-friendly. And they come with the little treats and the little bone and the squeezy toy and uh, food and snacks and the bed. And then they give you a bed, they give you a cover for your bed because they know darn well every dog's going to end up on the yes. bed. There's no point saying, please don't allow your dog to jump on the bed. Guess what? They're gonna. Of course they are. And that's that's the canny entrepreneur, I say. The people that are yeah. optimizing the hound pound. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, particularly at the minute, we actually have more dogs living with us than ever before. Yes. You know, because of this surge in puppy love during yeah. lockdown, which, you know, is some, some puppies are gonna be fine through this, and I, I fear that many might not be so fine. Why do you, you know? think a dog wouldn't be fine in lockdown? I mean, what's the downside of being stuck inside with your master? Well, well, for puppies, it really depends on the age that these puppies were taken on, because, you know, we went into lockdown and we'd run out of blue roll, and then we were coming out of lockdown and we'd actually run out of puppies in this country. Oh, wow, you're yeah. kidding. No, so many people had obviously seen people out and about walking their dogs, seen the companionship that dogs obviously offer. People are lonely, 
you know, I can see it. I mean, yeah. you know, without my dogs, I don't know if I would have gotten through lockdown. I know, you know, I they, know. The Do you live alone? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, they're my family. Yeah, absolutely. Two dogs Thank and God you've got your dog. Absolutely, you know. And it um, also gets you out because well, you do have to walk Of them. course. And we were given special preference dog owners in lockdown, you yeah. know, that we were allowed to take yeah. our dogs out for that final nighttime pee, you know, yes. rather than just the once a day, providing social distancing was maintained. So, yes, honestly, Katrina, we've run out of puppies. Um, so many people have taken on dogs, not perhaps thinking it through, mm. thinking when we go back to work, when furlough ends, or, you know, how am I going to cope working from home with a young puppy racing around, uh, all of these things. Do you um, think it's true that the dogs have become used to the proximity, used to us always being home? Because when I, gotta, when I have to get back out there and go on the road and travel, then, you know, little P, my little poodle, is going to have to go to the sitter, who fortunately is her it's her groomer and her breeder and has all of her family. So her cousins are there, her sisters, her father, her mother. Poodle heaven. So it is, an, it is a good time for her to learn to socialize and be a dog again. But what yeah. about other dogs that yeah. get crated? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, I'm really concerned there'll be a lot of separation Thank anxiety. So yeah, separation anxiety, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, absolutely, because Thank dogs have so been much. so you know, at home with all of their family and then being left alone is going to be a massive shock. But what you can do, you know, you can gradually desensitize dogs to just being in one room yes. while you're in another room, yes. leave them for an hour or so, you know, just instill new house rules. Yes. And I think for an older dog, they should get the hang of it again pretty quickly. But for some of these puppies, of course, that's going to be it's more difficult. It's, it's all, all they, they know. know. Exactly. And the longer you leave training a puppy to be left alone, the harder it is. You know, it's one of those things to do from the get-go. The first day you get your puppy home, <coughs> try and leave it for 15 minutes um, in the kitchen on its own you and know, see I, what happens. I really believe in a crate. It seems a bit mean and people will be like, oh, how can you put your dog in that cage? And, but they actually like it. It's a place where they know they're secure. Nothing bad will happen there, yeah. and you will always come back. I think. And guess I what? Agree. I think they know that. Yes. You know, and we're we're happy to put pee in the crate if we need to go out, and we will go out. We will have a quick meal out. We think probably two hours is top is the limit to leave our dog in a crate. But she always knows we're going to come back, and she's actually quite happy to go in there because she's she's led in with a treat and then she gets a treat when she's in there. So she associates it with a treat. And at night, when she's, when it's really hot, we let her sleep on the bed. But normally, she knows when she goes into the crate at night to sleep, she's gonna get a treat. And that makes all the difference. Oh, but it's course. called training, isn't it? It is training, and I think to have a, a, a crate-trained dog is good for life skills. So you know, for things if, you know, God forbid they have to spend a night at the vets, exactly. they'll be in a crate. Yep. You know, um, if Very you true. have to emigrate to Canada, you, yes. you know, I mean, little P might be able to come in the hold with you because she is tiny, tiny. Mm -hmm. But I think little Mr. Binks, who's here with us, is taller than mm -hmm. um, little P. Mm -hmm. He may have to go in the hold. Have I mean, you ever flown? With no, I haven't, to be no, honest. That putting, putting them in the hold is something I don't yeah. think I could do it. I've heard uh, oh, horror yes. stories about Terrible. holds. Gosh, oh, dreadful, you know. And, you know, sadly, I fly British Airways a lot, and they're one of the airlines that just don't let you take a dog on. I mean, we often talk about, well, we'd like to go and spend time in the States and maybe spend a month there. We could go Air France. 
it's not our preferred airline and we would have to go from London to France you know and what another connection pick up a flight and then fly to New York or Florida or wherever we're going sure but come on like you know let us have you know they could arrange it somehow for people to have I know the way around it is to have a um, an emotional support dog. Yes, which what do you have to do to qualify? I know, for that? I know. I think it's quite easy. I think lots of people really? do, but but I think they do. You do it through your doctor or a yes. psychiatrist. Yes. But you know, talking about being in the moment. I mean, this is what dogs really offer us, isn't it? You know, they the companionship. Are. They're always in the they moment. They always are. They don't know there's a pandemic going no. on. Um, they are a bit confused by face masks. Has Miss P found face masks a bit weird? Um, well, I was just thinking because of the lockdown, I have a new album out, and so I'm making my own videos. And so, you know, they say oftentimes out of chaos comes the opportunity. So the opportunity to learn how to make a video. So I've got the whole green screen thing. I got a green screen outfit. If people don't understand what green screen is, it means it neutralizes whatever scenery you want to put on a background, and you can you can overlay or you can impose your own image onto the background. Wow. So I got a green suit, which is head to toe, zips up. I can barely see through it. And I put the poodle in a flying monkey costume, like in The Wizard of Oz. Have you seen The Wizard yeah, of Oz? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love that. And, and so she's flying through the air. And then on the backdrop, we'll put like the woods spooky woods or something so she can actually be flying so it's what's involved in our household now is an awful lot of costumes <laughs> and I put on the green suit and she was absolutely horrified <laughs> and then I've got another uh, wig which scared the dickens out of her and I don't know if people can look at my new video called drive under my name Katrina Lesconich it might say Katrina in the waves there is a video, and it has little P, who's actually driving our car, and then her passenger, who is the disgruntled passenger, who is shaking his head and saying, you know, I want to drive, total control, a master of fate. It's a huge latex poodle mask. Well, that did not go down well with the poodle, but she kind of got used to it. I loved it. You see, I found yeah. the inspiration for, okay. for, for Drive, for the, that, that video. It was kind of like, I thought, oh, please do an interview on a dog's life, because that really epitomizes everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, dogs are like their owners, and what would you, would you say the Drive video kind of highlights that? I mean, what is the idea behind the poodle costume? The idea behind the poodle costume is sheer lunacy, <laughs> sheer idiotic lunacy, sheer left to our big thunder. Hear the thunder, left to our devices. How are we going to make a video? What are we going to do? Well, we're going to get on Amazon and just order a poodle mask and on Drive. See, the, my poodle has always loved to sit on my lap, like if I'm waiting for my partner to come back out of the shops or something and she will sit on my lap and put her hands on the steering wheel. Fabulous. And I've often thought, gosh, that's really cute. So when I wrote the song Drive, I just thought, it's gotta be her. And so you can rig it in a way. I put a black sheet over myself with my hands under her little black jersey and held onto her. And we did actually drive around Regent's Park like that. 
I don't advise anybody to do that. It's not at home. Don't try this at <laughs> yeah. home, everybody. Yeah, and this is um, a, a big deal for you, this album, right? I yeah. mean, um, I heard an interview the other day, Steve Wright in the afternoon, and he was saying about how you've really taken inspiration from the Lower East Side in New York on this. I love Blondie. So and do I, you see. Yeah. I mean, Debbie Harry, the my energy, God. The oh. energy of Debbie Harry. You know, she's 75, 76 now. She's still great. She's so cool. And this is who I, I've always looked to Debbie Harry. I've always looked to Chrissy Hine. Just, you know, cool, older, sophisticated women who just kind of quietly get on and do their thing. And as much as Deborah Harry's always been a sex symbol, it's never been... Um, kind of perpetuated by her. It's always as if it just looked like it came so naturally to her and she was she had the big Ray-Bans and she was just Lower East Side and I just love the energy of her records and her uh, her association with um, uh, Chris Stein, you know, her partner yeah, in life yeah. and her partner on, in the band Blondie. So I thought when I was making Hearts, Loves and Babies, which is the name of my new album, I was going to go to New York and try and just get that flavor. So I worked with a guy called Jimmy Bones. You know, he can only be from the Lower East Side, oh, right, with a name like that? Yeah, and then there's Jimmy Destry that was in the band. They're, yeah. they're all called Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy's a cool name. It's a really cool name. So I did all the pre-production in on the uh, Lower East Side with um, Jimmy in his studio. Well, I brought it back to London, and a lot of it was completely unlistenable because, you know, we had a lot to drink, and then we just kind of, let's do it in one take. Well, it, that can be great and have a lot of energy, and if you're 23, you might pull it off. But when I got home, I thought, oh no, this isn't gonna be, this isn't for me. And I got a lot out of it because we came up with some good ideas and wrote some good songs, but um, I thought, this is completely unlistenable. But I took a lot of that flavor and, and stuck it into the new album, but then went and went into the studio, fixed everything up, made it listenable. Because I think a tune, you know, a nice melody is everything. Yeah, I think uh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I can't wait. I mean, I love the single drive. I've got to get the whole album. Um, and it is, you want something that you can play and drive along to. Because I don't know about you, but I love driving my car, um, yeah. especially at the moment. Because, you know, public transport, I've, I've been on it. But, you know, you want to do it only if you perhaps really have to, maybe. Yeah. We've all uh, been locked down and, and under so many restrictions. We feel like our hands are tied and we feel like we're not really living. And to get in the car and drive is one place. And I wrote this before COVID-19. Right, gosh. So, but the car is one place. You know, if my partner and I, we, we disagree about nothing. We agree on everything. And... If we get in the car, there's going to be an argument if I can't drive, <laughs> you know. And so I'll say, um, I want to drive. Yeah, simple as that. And I will blackmail her. And if we're going to a gig, I'll say, if I can't drive, I'm going to get really, really nervous and it's going to affect my performance. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, okay, well, you better drive. Oh, well, then you better drive then. And I pull a bit of a diva card just so I can be the one driving. Because like I say in the song, I want to drive. Uh, let me drive total control feeling alive i want to drive i just want to drive master of fate feeling alive you know and that's how it feels for me it's a great it's a 
great track, you know. And Thank um, you. the album is called Hearts, Loves, and Babies, and it's coming out on August 28th. Um, the first single is called Drive, and the second single is probably going to be a song that I actually wrote for last year's Eurovision, which is called I Want to Love Again. Thank you. Thank you very much, <laughs> Anna. That's our show, Mr. Binks. What did you think? Yes, it was a bit stormy, and it is still raining, but I just love the way Katrina loves poodles. You enjoyed meeting little P, didn't you? Yes, well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. A Dog's Life is streaming on all platforms. And while you're there, go and give us a five-star review, because it really will help other dog lovers find us. Thanks also to my producer, Mike Hansen at Pod People UK. Of course, to Katrina from Katrina in the Waves at Katrina's Web and for Miss P at Metro Poodle. For the latest on me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, we will be back next Sunday. That's because A Dog's Life is weekly. So subscribe so you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.